and welcome to episode 15 of the Stelvio Chronicles. I'm Sean Smith and I'm joined by my most northern friend, Christopher Strickland. How are you, mate? I'm all right, thanks. Good. I'm very well, thank you. It's a, a beautiful Saturday evening. It's been raining all day. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's good times. Ah, that's why the north is superior. It's currently not raining. It's quite warm. Oh, wow. Wow, that's a... That's the turn off of the book. You've got global warming happening up there. <laughs> anyway, um, for this episode of the Stevo Chronicles, Chris and I, we're going to talk about a, let's call it a divisive subject which, between our little friendship group. Um, and that is Formula 3. And in particular, what is and is not a Formula 3 car? Because, as Chris pointed out to me after I'd already found out, Delara have launched a new car. The 320. Not the F three twenty as uh, I might call it, but uh, just the three twenty. No, it's not a three twenty. That's and that's the argument. So we're going to be talking about uh, some of the new car, the current new G- <coughs> Formula three car, not a GP three car, um, and uh, also the some some past memories of Formula three because it's one of the best series in the world. Chris is also very tired. It's like nine thirty at night. So uh, any yawns, please forgive him. Anyway. So Chris, Delara F the Delara three twenty. <laughs> you call it the F three, I'll call it the three twenty. How about that? Oh well, yeah, we'll, we'll um we'll come to a compromise. Let's talk about it. So obviously Delara, they've been in F three for well all our lifetimes. Um, going back to the nineteen eighties, um, Delara were a Formula three manufacturer. They've made the stereotypical car of ultra lightweight. Side well, and at least back until 1991, they've had the side air intake, low power, not a lot of grip. It's all about slipstreaming and keeping up cornering speed. That's the philosophy. And uh, this Wait, year, the real, it's the it's the um, proving ground for all modern Formula One drivers. Back precisely, the early 2000s, late 2000s. Oh. You look at the likes of Daniel Ricciardo, Lewis Hamilton, that sort of thing. They all came. Through that sort of. Oh, even even before avenue. then, even before then, I mean, uh, Michael Schumacher, Damon Hill, um, David Coulthard, Senna, of course, in the eighties. I, yeah, all the all the old gits. Uh, <laughs> they, um, yeah, all came through Formula Three, and they all came through the the age old formula of Formula Three, which is as I just described. So um, this year, of course, uh, AFIA have um, homogenized, should we say, the uh, the pyramid system to Formula One. That's the right thing to do, you know. The whole point of it is to have this ladder all the way through. Yes, there was a defined route through the junior formulas all the way up to Formula One, in that you, you know you went from karting through to F4, F3, GP2, and to F1. But you know you never had that FIA defined route. You know, yeah. You always, you always could go to maybe the Super Formula or you open your Oh, the, is it the open European Formula? Uh, that's that's just the Spanish version of um, that's a national mm. series. So that's a, but no, they used to have the Euro Series Formula Three back ten years ago. That's what you uh, Hamilton and Renault three point five, of course. Yeah, that was above that. That was sort of a, a sort of just below GP two level. Um, but yeah, it was the same sort of equivalent. That's where Red Bulls and Renault's drivers went basically before F one. Uh, but no, F three. That's always been the, the third tier. Really, it's been the the junior the. It used to be, before F4 sort of blew up a bit, if you weren't good enough to go straight to Formula 3, you went to F4. But from karting, you could sometimes get into Formula 3. 
um, either at the British level or the European level if you're really like backed by a major sponsorship deal or whatever. Um, and of course now we have essentially two Formula 3s. Um, we have the, the the Dallara 320, which we're going to be looking at, and the current F3, is, it is an F, the F317, um, which is being used in the uh, Formula 3 Open in Spain and of course in the Japanese F3 series. And uh, the this is, this is brilliant. The Dallara F3 2019, which is the uh, what I would call the GP3 car. Do you mean the true Formula 3? No, it's the official Formula 3 car, but it's not a Formula 3 car. It is. Do, do, do you not see the F3 before it? It's not. Right, okay. For those, for those of you who are a bit confused, essentially GP3, which was GP2's subservient, essentially, um, did what they called an amalgamation with the European Formula 3 Championship, which used the Dallara F317, which is a great car. In this um, amalgamation, essentially, the FIA wanted the F3 name to be in the F1 ladder with F1 and F2. So what they did was they bought those rights, became the main F3 series, and they've essentially used the GP2 car, GP3 car, sorry, from last year, a couple of years beforehand, with their enorm, with a massive V6 3.4 liter Mechachrome engine, with 380 horsepower, um, and of course only one engine, and they've gone, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> that's that's going to be an F3 car now, and yeah, in my opinion. That's not an F3. That's not an F3 car at all. It's not the, the right philosophy. It's not. It's not an F3 car. It's more powerful than basically most of the mid-tier cars that used to be around five, ten years ago. And Chris disagrees. What makes it not an F3 car? Sorry. You know, what, what defines an F3 car? You say it has to be lightweight. It has to be reasonable power. You can slicks, wings, the air intake. Yeah. But how does that? Defined because you're still getting the same racing, you're still getting the same youthful talent in these. You know, all that's changed is the the shit is the power output has changed. You look at the Moto, Moto GP for an example, you look at Moto 3, you know, they've changed from a 125 two cylinder engine to a 250 single cylinder. Yes, you know, that, that's when that's when they move from the 125 series to the Moto 3 series. That hasn't changed what it is. All they've done is updated it to modern standards, what you would expect a modern rider to, to be dealing with. And that's all they've done with Formula 3. No, no, absolutely not. The because... old, outdated, underrated, underperforming Formula 3 car and gone, how do we get these youngsters closer to where they should be? We'll give them this GP3 car, which is a bit more powerful, a bit more aero, more akin to what you would be expecting in a Formula 1 car, just reduced in power and all the other bits and pieces we'll give them that and it gives them a much better approach to how they should be when no i don't take that whatsoever the whole point of this, this gp3 car it's not just a bit more powerful it's not like the the moto 3s to the 125s where actually the 125s were more, more powerful but buys the buy um well i suppose before that you could if you want to have a MotoGP gp comparison you can have the 250 cc's and the moto 2s which the Moto 2s are more powerful and a bit faster and a bit bigger. Um, this is this blows us out of the water. The old F3 car had a two-liter road-derived sort of engine from sort of. from manu- well, it, yeah, essentially you could get 
a very tuned version to get up to it. Owl's MR2 is apparently a uh, derived F3 engine. Um, anyway, they're two-litre engines um, producing approximately, at their peak, 250 horsepower, 240 horsepower. It's So they didn't have massive top end. They could still go through, uh, to a top speed of about 160 miles an hour at Macau, for example, but they're not, that's not the defining feature. The defining feature of Formula 3 is the cornering speed and the low weight which allows for that to happen. They caught, they, The last car weighed 580 kilos, which is 90 kilograms less than the FIA car. And it's... Uh, yeah, the... the, the Only a fat American. <laughs> it's... But the point is, it's, it's, that's about, what, 15% nearly? more it's it's huge <laughs> and with the power output 250 horsepower to 380 that's well that's what you're doing you're you're, you're increasing the weight ever so slightly but giving them a massive power offset so it's, you know you're getting more power more bang for your buck so it becomes a an engine formula an engine race essentially rather than because all the engines no, but I mean, in fact, that it's the way you go fast around a track is by flooring the throttle and just going really fast down the straights. And yeah, but that's be... not that not necessarily comes down to the fact you've got less power. That comes to where the engine torque is to the car. You know, where, on your power curve, where is your peak power? For a naturally aspirated engine, yes, you need to be flat out everywhere. But for a, a I assume, are they turbocharged? Um, I'll be honest, I haven't checked. I know the, I know they I used to be. I suspect they are, with them being a ladder series. I'm not sure. Give me one second. I know that they. I know, right? Hang on. So, F I A F three. Can I pause this? Yeah, it's in fact it's a colossal. The engine is nearly twice as big as well. It's just it's too big. <laughs> it's too big and too. It's like an American uh, muscle car trying to go against a British sports car. Essentially, that's what. Uh, that's the comparison I can make. What the minis against the Ford Galaxies. Yeah, it's the same sort of. Um... I think it's a bit step too far. No, I didn't go that. Far. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Not They're at all. Like a Ford Galaxy versus like an old Fiesta. I can't remember. But anyway, the, I know that the the original GP3 engine used to be um, turbocharged, but I can't remember on this one. Um, so, yeah, but free, it's the fact is it's a it's that's not an F3, a 3.4 liter engine and a V6. It's not road derived. It's in, it's from Mecha. It's from Mecha Chrome. It's from Mecha Chrome. They only do engine. Ma- I'm pretty certain that engine was or a derivative on it of it was used in the Janetta last year at Le Mans. An F3 engine should not be at Le Mans. Moving on with the times, you've got to you've got to keep moving, keep moving with Formula One because, as we know, it is a few series. Formula One, if Formula One changes, so does the feeder series. You're right. yeah, but there's a point. The engine's twice as big as an F1 engine. And? Um, what do you mean, and? <laughs> <laughs> How's that? That's, that's, no, it's, no. The point, that's, yeah. Let's do All right, for the viewers, this is, this has been our argument for months. Um, Chris and I have been arguing about, he says, it says F3 on it, on the badge, therefore, it's an F3 car. I'm saying no, absolutely not. It's a GP3 car with a badge on it. It's it's just it's just paintwork. The same way that when GP2 became Formula 2 and they kept the last year chassis, it's not that's not an F2 car. It's a GP2 car. Exactly the same concept. You know, can't people nowadays. Like they, 
The inflator specifies it as a Formula 3 car. Therefore, it is a Formula 3 car. Regardless of whether or not where it came from. You know, that's like going, that's like saying a Pagani Zonda is a Mercedes because the <laughs> is from a Mercedes. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's not the fact because they use, actually use a Mercedes engine rather than... So- <laughs> yeah, but you're still saying a Pagani Zonda, which is a totally different car, is a Mercedes. No, abs- no I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. Um, anyway, that's. I mean, any viewers, feel free to argue with us in the comments. This, I, I say, let's let's get let's back to the point. Dallara have launched the 320, or the F320, if you're me, because that's this following the naming structure that they've had for years. And this car is going to be used in the Euro Formula, and with, uh, by the time this this podcast goes out. It will. They, I think we'll have an answer of whether or not it will be in the Japanese Formula Three Championship. Therefore, pro- possibly also at Macau, but that's not um, that's not decided yet at all. Um, this is this entire car was de- was designed because the teams and uh, drivers said to Lara, "We want a what they call a traditional F3 car, a car which literally is lightweight." doesn't have isn't isn't a power you you can't rely on the power you have to keep cornering speeds up we just want it a bit safer than the current f317 um and just improved safety wise but otherwise like it used to be rather than this the fake f the fake f3 car um so so Let's talk about the new car. Um, the 320. Chris, you've uh, had a look at it. It's, um, to be fair, it is a very nice looking car. It has the... Uh, I fully approve of the intake. Yes, that's precisely what I was about to say. The air intake, of course, is on the uh, mounted on the side, as is traditional with um, Delara F3 cars. Of course, I, I, the, the earliest one I found is from 1991, which has the uh, the air intake on the, on the, uh, on the side, side of the engine cover. Literally just sucking in air to cool the engine down it's it's there for power of course um, it's got a massive rear impact culture I haven't seen the rear of it where the rear line where the rear line is it comes out from the back of the car by like a good half a metre you found a rear image of it uh, I found an overhead rear image uh, interesting uh, you have to afford that to me because I've not seen it but no it's the from what I'm seeing, basically, the obviously it's got the new he- the mm, this is the one sticking point I've got it is it's got the halo which I don't like but that's that's irrelevant. It's that's a necessity, that's a necessity. It's got to have it. All FIA series have to have it now. Um, it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere, sadly. But um, there we go. It's got that um, new front wing. I imagine just to help following and overtaking. Um, Chris has just messaged me, so I think I'm. Ooh, that is a good image. I think I'll. Uh, that is a massive rear crash structure. It is, isn't it? I'm like, I know it's all come from Billy Hungers impact in the Formula 4 race at Donington Park but I never expected it to, I never expected a car to have a rear rear light impact structure that's yeah. about half a metre from behind the vehicle for those who are listening that's it's basically like a tail yeah it is basically like a tail with a light on the end of it it comes out I'd say what a foot a foot and a half beyond the rear wing and the diffuser well I think it's about half a metre yeah it's it's a lot it's a it's a, literally a tail um but no, otherwise the car looks... It's got, obviously, the simple aerodynamics. Um, the cars are obviously traction-limited by their very small wheels. Uh, the nose has been widened and lowered compared to the F317. Um, and, of course, the previous um, cars, such as the F312, F308, etc. Um, 
and yeah it's a simple basic car built to go to have mechanical grip rather than aero grip which is what the official FIA car does have um, and yeah so let's yeah so what so your what your thoughts apart from the tail Chris the uh, the new car what of the actual car yeah it's almost like they did take a Formula 3 chassis bolt on air intake extend the rear crash structure and give it a classic Formula 3 nose I mean, to be fair, I hope they take advantage of the. Or I hope teams take advantage of the thing um, when they're doing their liveries to, you know, give the drivers more identity. Yeah. Like how the F1 should have done it, where they should have had the rear thing, they should have had the, the driver's flag, and then the, or a name or something. Yeah. The uh... or their name or whatever. It's just some form of identification. Or a big race. Number. I'm yeah. hoping they do something similar. Like that. They won't because it's prime advertising, but. If they did, big thumbs up for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm a massive fan of shark fins. Obviously, 2008 F1 cars, and then obviously the uh, the second the second coming of them in 2017. I saw um, an image of the 2011 Ferrari McLaren. Ooh, yeah, ooh, them shark fins. with their with their F ducks, which aren't F ducks. Yeah, it's uh, and then trying to get get through the rules. Um, no, I love shark fins. Always have done. Always will do. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's a big plus point. Of course, they've kept that. It's, it's essentially for wrist ability and also to stop the car flipping when it uh, when it rolls over. That's what that's what the shark fin's for. It's for air stability through corners and. Um, well, it's crosswind as well. Yeah, for, and it's just generally for for car handling and stability. Um, it's obviously got the exposed roll hoop above the driver's head. Um, that will obviously have been strengthened, I imagine, from previous generations. Um, but what I found interesting in my little bit of research is that the 320 is actually pretty similar, apart from the safety aspects, to its uh, 317. Is it descendant or no? The car is placing. Um, yeah, it's essentially car. The teams can take their 317s, get the body kits, get the safety improvements bolted on, and they can take their cars into the 320 mode if they if they if they want to. Do they not need strengthening around the hairline? Say that again, sorry? Because the original 317 chassis will have had strengthening points around the halo. Yeah. So surely the chassis will need updating. Yeah, that's weird. So, hmm. I'm not sure because they... Are you sure about that? They said... You they... surely can't just... Uh, I... Mm, uh, I question that. Because surely you have to have strengthening points around the halo. I don't know if that's due to the... Uh, yeah, you're right. Hang on. It's, it, I definitely said in, in something I'm reading that it can... Be converted. Hang on. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, it's. Mm-hmm. I think that story is telling a because surely you, there's no way you can just bolt a halo device onto the original 317 chassis. No, you're because right. it will not have been designed to have a load going through the going through those three points at that. No, I can, I can read it right here. So this is on uh, Formula Scout. It says, um, as a cost-saving measure, the current cars can be converted by buying a, a, ah, a new monocoque, that's what it is, and, um, and, uh, the, two, and the 2020 spec bodywork. Uh, teams will also have the option uh, to buy the new 320 off the shelf if they so wish. So there we go. That's, that's Okay, good. so they can take all the bits and pieces out of the 317. Yeah, so electronics. And put it into a monocoque and an aero pack. Yeah, so it's essentially it's ele- electronics, um, the hardware such as I imagine springs and that sort of thing. 
Um, yeah, springs dampers. Yeah. yeah. So the the really hard bits of the chassis, but then the, the chassis itself will be taken away, um, replaced with a new one, added the bodywork. Jobs are good. Um, but yeah, it's so essentially, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, it's just an upgrade, isn't it? It's just it's a, it's, a, it's a general upgrade. It's kept the the design, the ethos of the old car. And just modernised it with the new safety improvements, which I, which is obviously a good thing. Um, I should just read the off here. So they've got a new fuel cell. Uh, the bodywork has been. They got the lower, wider nose. Um, it's got the strength and monocoque, uh, the halo, of course, and yeah, I'd imagine just general safety and hardness improvements, bodywork, and that sort of thing uh, to protect the driver in the event of a crash, such as severe flourishes in uh, Macau last year. Mm. Um, so that's the new three twenty. Um. Yeah. So going back to our little debates, <laughs> what? So you think that because it says Formula Three and they've just moved with the times, they've it's obviously slower than Formula Two, therefore it's okay. That's that. That's your. Uh... Yeah. That's essentially the route. Yeah. yeah. They just out with the old, in with the new, new, new owners, new. Um, ideas, new vision of how they want Formula One and its entourage to be. You know, they want this quite clear, defined ladder through the sport. You know, you've got karting, Formula Four, Formula Three, Formula Two, Formula One. You know, and what they define as a Formula Three car should be what we call a Formula Three car. Okay. That just so happens to be the Delara chassis that you decide is not <laughs> Formula 3 because GP3 should never exist <laughs> um, alright no we're never going to agree on it but um, there we go that's uh, that's that particular car so have you watched any of the, um, the F3 races this year the official F3 races I, I've only ever had one yeah. I haven't watched them now I've not had a chance because I watched um, I watched one it, I think it was a regional series which had the new car and it, the, the racing was atrocious it was awful it was around Barcelona the cars couldn't follow through the corners because they had too much downforce they were they had too much power so the cars were skipping out all the time it, yeah it just completely in my opinion proved my point <laughs> that the cars that those cars are not fit for purpose whereas the traditional F3 car is um, but while we're talking about the traditional and non-traditional F3 cars let's have a quick word about um, the uh, the other fake F3 car the the uh, the British F3 Tatus machine which is being used by um, who's the bloke who owns all the racetracks oh, Jonathan Palmer yeah Jonathan Palmer his series um where do we stand on that particular car? I mean, it's, it's just a, a cost-saving cost measure, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it you, was... know, you have to have, everyone has to have a starting point, everyone has to have a series to enter. Yeah. You know, everyone cuts their teeth in different ways. You know, you, oh, so many people don't have the budget to go for. Formula 3... Uh, Euro Formula, it's because, you know you have to start somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I, when it, when this car came out, I was again completely against it because it's not conforming to the F3 rules. It's an F4 car that's been uh, bulked up essentially to to faster F3 status. However, the reason that car exists is because um, Brit, the Brit, the proper British F3 series died. Isn't that all? All the, the teams left. It just didn't have the ability to carry on. 
Um, so to give that to that car credit and the uh, the organisation around it, it's it's filled the gap for British drivers to progress up the ladder, and I think that's commendable. It does use the two, a two liter engine. It's a slightly less power than the the Delara three twenty and the three one sevens. Yeah, it's filled a hole, and I think that that's that's commendable. I think from a uh, an English or British point of view. It's a nice series to have because it does fill that national series point. Yeah. But it does then beg the question, do we have too many series that are calling themselves F3? Yes, that's a problem because... Or are filling this F3 void and not differentiating yeah, themselves Yeah, because the way that... This is how, this is how the FIA have sort of tried to explain away this the F3 in, in, in their version. The F3, FIA F3, is meant to be a step up from the, what they call the national series, such as British F3, such as the Euro Formula, uh, such as Japan's F3. It's meant to be the uh, the end point, essentially, before you go to F2 and then F1, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, it makes sense that if you want to get to Formula 1, you'll go up their ladder, such as in IndyCar, when you go to Indy Lights and um, the Pro Mazda Championship, or whatever it's called now. And that's fine. But, no, I just don't... I, I don't I don't like it having the word F3 there. It's not an F3 car. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris, I just disagree. No, no I'll agree with that one. The, 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 the RDC Formula 3 car is not a traditional, or what you would class as filling the spot as a Formula 3 car. Yeah. It is, as you say, a 3.5... Or an upgraded S F four car. It doesn't mean you know, if you were to take one of those drivers out of that F three car and stick them in a, a Formula Two car, that to me is a too big a jump. You reckon? Because the cause well, you... I mean, there is the whole um opinion of it doesn't matter if you're ready or not, you're still gonna drive. I agree with that. In that you did, if you were to pick an F4 drive and put them in a, a Formula 2, or sorry, an F3 from British series and put them in a Formula 2 car, they'll still drive the car, but are they going to have the same knowledge base? Are they going to have the same understanding of the of the, of the the dynamics between the wings, the aero, the downforce levels, how the power? You know, you're taking a, a 2 litre, 200 brake horsepower single seater and then putting them in a 300. And, 80 brake horsepower V6 with the 3.4 litre engine behind their head, giving them twice in a double amount downforce, maybe? Yeah, I see. on an international circuit. That to me is a bit far. I mean, don't get me wrong, people will do it. And they'll probably do it as well. But for me, I'd want something in between, like the Euro Formula Series or like the traditional F3 series. Yeah. I mean, if it were me, I'd. I'd... I think the problem is that the FIA shouldn't, in my opinion, have, take, have taken the names Formula 2 and Formula 3, in honesty. They should have kept it as nah, GP2. I that, no, but I think it's just, it's messed up this whole, this, that's, it's created the problem. Um, well, I think the, over time it'll straighten itself out. Oh, of course it will, because they'll, they'll make the other series defunct and not allowed to use the F3 name. Therefore, it won't be a problem anymore. Um, no, no, they're allowed to use the F3 name, but they're not allowed to use Formula 3. No, they're not allowed to use F at all, because F obviously stands for Formula. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but the point I was going to say because obviously Mitt, Lando Norris um, went from Formula the proper Formula Three um, to Formula Two, 
and no, he didn't win it because George Russell won. But Norris challenged for the title. He he won races this year. Of course, Mick Schumacher has made as the last F3 champion has made the same jump to Formula Two. He's had some troubling races, but he has also shown pace to be on the front runners. So I don't know if I agree with your point on too big a jump. Um, no, but Mick Schumacher didn't come from the British F3 champion. No, no, he went. He came from the one above. Yes, but that, no, no, he went the from the series that's above it. You know, a, a British F3 car is not the same as a as the old Formula 3 car, is it? No, it's a bit... that. I'll, I'll, no, that's a completely different thing. The, the, the British F3 car is slightly less powerful, but it's, it's in the same sort of ballpark vaguely. But it is a still 40 horsepower less, um, but the same sort of engine format of four cylinders to two litre. Um, but yeah, if we go, going from the old F3 car to F2, I think it, it's... I don't think it's too much of a... It's been too much of a problem so far. Um... In, in previous uh, in previous years but no what's that I mean obviously it's, it's here to stay <laughs> this the the F3 2019 um, I, don't, I don't like the fact that the engine is a one make that's that's wrong in my opinion because in the traditional F3 you could have as long as your engine was a 2 litre 4 cylinder you could have whatever you wanted you could have a Honda, a Toyota, a Volkswagen, a Mercedes, and that, I don't think that's I don't think a race derived engine is right, in my opinion. Yeah, you're putting more emphasis more emphasis on the driver's skill as opposed to whoever decided to join the correct engine manufacturer that year. No, because the balance of performance between it was actually actually works in Formula Three. It kept the the field tight. Um, you, you never had. A year, well, that's, that's not that's not true. <laughs> no, I, was about, I was about to say that they kept for the same, but I remember the years when Volkswagen used to dominate in in Formula Three with Daniel Ricciardo and uh, the Carlin boys. Um, but no, I don't. See? Yeah, see, I, I can always count to myself on on one thing, Chris. Come on, give me a break. <clears throat> anyway, with that, with our debates, mm, pretty much. At a standstill. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's, let's let's finish it off by talking about some of our favourite memories of uh, of Formula Three of the past. Let's let's put it that way. Um, we sort of mentioned Mick Schumacher's already last year, the last Formula Three champion, in my opinion. Um, he won five races in a row in a surging season. Towards the end, he was sort of mired about. 10th to 6th place in the championship when I went to Silverstone last year won 5 races on the trot won the title very very happy but there are two others I've got written down here which uh, are more poignant Chris do you want to talk about uh, your favourite Japanese driver uh, is it, is it, yeah. well Takuma Sato mm-hmm. is just currently doing bits in the IndyCar series at the moment yep I haven't seen the race a couple of seasons then he won the Indy 500 yep Huge amount of confidence from that, and now he's doing really well. At the time, very of, consistent. At the time of recording, he is on pole position for the Texas 600. Exactly, this is probably, you know, and you know he may be an older statesman, but he quite clearly has the pace. And of course, he did yeah. cut his teeth essentially in he traditional F3. I mean, granted, he ended up in Formula One with the BAR Honda team, but at the same time, you're. Oh, Chris, you're jumping the gun there. You're tra- you're tra- jumping the gun there. He went to Jordan Honda first. Yeah. <laughs> With Giancarlo Fisichella's yeah, teammate. 
Yes, he did. He got he literally a year later. Probably a year as well. But yeah, the fact is that he. I, I didn't know. I knew obviously he faced Anthony Davidson in that that title year in F3 2001. Um, but I didn't see who else. I didn't know who else was in the championship. So I did a bit of research. We'd like to read out a couple of names I found who he who he destroyed that year. Obviously, Anthony Davidson came second in the championship. Um, Sato beats him by let me do some maths. Uh, Sixty three points. Sato was on uh, three hundred. And 45, Davidson 272. Fairly big number. Also in that year, uh, P4, James Courtney, obviously of VA Supercast fame. Fifth, Jean-Marie Bruni, obviously of, uh, main, mainly of, well, he was a Minardi Formula 1 driver, but he's also more of a Ferrari and Porsche WEC team fame, multiple world champion. Sixth place, Andy Prio on 156 points. Obviously, the world touring car champion three times over. Seventh place, Andre Lotterer. Slightly, slightly small name. I don't know if you heard of him, Chris. Oh, you mean the bloke who was off handling off in the back of the carefully at Spa? Yes, that that well, that, yeah, that, that was not his um, most fine moment. No, but, no, uh, was <laughs> but no, in my opinion, the best driver in the WC right now. But um, he came seventh on 143 points, so 202 points down on Takuma Sato that year. So that shows um, how that, that's where Sato essentially because it essentially rained all the time being British Formula Three. Uh, so Sato basically dominated um, through that year. He got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 12 wins. Twelve wins that year. Pretty good. It's a fine job, man. Yeah, not too so bad. Yeah, that was from I think twenty six races, so almost half. It's not bad, though. Not bad at all. Um, so yeah, that was uh, Takuma Sato's year, and the one I want to remember is uh, I think the best year Formula Three. You mean, the, wor- you mean the, the possibly the worst Toro Rosso driver ever? I think you mean the best by a mile. You mean the worst? Two thousand eight. This was the, the year I I first clapped eyes on the greatest driver not to win a race in Formula One, um, and that was Jaime Alguersuari. Or seeing as Chris Sam's not here, uh, Chris, what does he call him? I don't know. What, he call what do you mean you don't know? He calls him Jamie Alga Squirrel. Um, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, high works, sorry. Racing for Carly. So how did uh, Mr. Squirrel do? In- well, in 2008, Chris, he won his second ever race at Alton Park and he then <gasps> proceeded to win the championship only by 17 points. Well, not very good then, is he? In a four... Well, in a four well, clearly can't beat King <laughs> in, in a four-way title fight between Oliver Turvey, who was back then McLaren's junior driver, uh, Brendan Hartley, though you've heard of him, he's a minor figure. What did he do, win a WEC? I, I don't know. I think he won the championship. I don't know about... A ra- I, I can't remember. He won, no, he won, he won Porsche, didn't he? Yeah, he's, 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 he did quite well with a Porsche once or twice. Um, and fourth place in that championship was one Sergio Perez. Yeah, he's, ne- he's never achieved anything at all. <laughs> no, fact, not like he nearly won in a salvo or anything. No, he, he did, yeah. Or um, I think, was it the stat today that he's now the most raced F1 driver? He's taken the record off Johnny Herbert for the most number of races without getting pole position. 
I think I think I've heard that on Sky Sports um, this weekend. But uh, yeah, minor driver. He's ne- yeah, who, yeah. Anyway, but uh, that was a four-way title fight. It went to the last round. Turvey looked odds on. Hartley looks odds on. Alguasari stole it by winning the last three races of the of the uh, of the season at um, was that Bucharest in. Ooh, I did like that track. Yeah, Bucharest and uh, Donington Park. He won the double, got pole position in the first race. Um, Turvey and Hartley both retired. Perez got third. As a result, Alvesuari became the champion. Went to went to World Series by Renault after that, and then was picked up by Toro Rosso halfway through the year to join Formula One. And the rest is history, as they say. Um, also, fifth place, Marcus Ericsson. So I was doing quite well. He's all right. Um, just to, and just to rub it into poor old Max Chilton, he came tenth that year on seventy-two points. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's about it for our free debate. So our free debate is basically that we don't agree. Um, so everyone who listens, we've wasted your time. Congratulations. Um, yeah, if you were expecting a decisive result, you are, you have come to the wrong place. You have to come, you have to listen again to the next episode of Stelvio Chronicles. Um, yeah, I think we just see, we seem better when we've got more people and we can just sort of force an argument to to make it make a decision. Yeah, well, I'm agreeing with you. Not in any... <laughs> anyway, um, that's going to do it for this sort of min- mini preview, I guess, of the uh, the Delara Three Twenty and uh, the SFS sure. Stereo Chronicles. Um, thank you to Chris for joining me at this late hour. Um, otherwise, yeah, we'll um, we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Goodbye.